Viewpoint. Singapore's former transport minister S. Iswaran has resigned after facing multiple charges, including graft and obstruction of justice. Iswaran has denied wrongdoing. He faces seven years in prison if convicted. According to the Corrupt Practices Investigation Bureau, the charges allege he received kickbacks totaling more than $384,000 in value between 2015 and 2022. Iswaran is widely credited for bringing Formula One racing to Singapore. Joining me on Viewpoint is Associate Professor of Law at the Singapore Management University, Eugene Tan. Eugene, what do you make of the charges that have been meted out to as Iswaran? Well, I, I think that the charges you know, might seem underwhelming to, to, to some people, right? You know, they didn't seem like huge amounts. But I think behind it is really, you know, the message that it doesn't matter whether, you know, it's a couple of hundred dollars or a couple of tens of millions, right? The, the point is that public servants have to be above board, right? They have to be very careful not to give the impression, um, you know, that they are acting not in the interests of the government, you know, the public interest, you know, but rather acting in the interest of some other party. So the expectations of public servants are high. And, mm-hmm. and I think there is that, that, that reason for it, right? We want government to be above board. We want to make sure that no one has doubts that the system operates fairly and, and according to the rules. Um, you know, so we have this situation in which, you know, many of the charges relate to some might say not so significant amounts, you know, uh, tickets to concerts, uh, football matches, drama performances and all, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the law doesn't say that, you know, you cannot receive them, right? You know, but it, but it places the onus on the public servant. Here we're talking about the Section 165 charges under the penal code, right? Where Mm -hmm. there are procedures by which, you know, a public servant were to make the appropriate declaration and perhaps even pay fair value, um, you know, for these gifts. But it becomes even more important under Section 165 when the two parties have an ongoing dealings, right? So Mm -hmm. so a person acting in, in, in an official capacity for the government and the other party in which, you know, there are ongoing or future or, or perhaps even past transactions. Um, you know, so this is where you know, the question of, of whose interests right, is the public servant acting in favour of? You know, is it the government's? You know, is it his? Or is it some other party? Or is it a combination of that? You know, so I think we, we would expect um, you know, our public servants you know, to, to be very careful, you know, given that you know, government enters into many contracts uh, and some of these contracts are not of an insignificant uh, amount, right? But I think the thing really is, you know, whether there has been that there was a conflict of interest. Um, you know that you know in receiving you know some of these entertainment and gifts that Mr. Iswaran, you know, may not have kept the interests of uh, the government, uh, you know, right and center, right? But and, and this is something that uh, you know Mr. Iswaran will certainly endeavor to rebut. You can expect, you know. Uh, a fierce battle, you know, mm. in court, and and I think you know that that should um, you know the, that should uh, you know demonstrate you know that that the system works, you know that that a person is innocent until proven guilty, that everyone's given a fair hearing, he's entitled to his counsel, um, you know, and and so we just have to wait to see what happens in court. Well, looking at the twenty-seven charges that have been listed out, it does seem that there is a pattern 
happening here? Well, I think yes. I mean, when you look at the charges, some of them relate to gifts and entertainment, you know, that date all the way back to 2015, you know, with the last charges relating to uh, to acts that occurred in 2022. Um, you know, so I think one could say that, you know, the prosecution is trying uh, you know, to demonstrate that, you know, these are not just procedural lapses, administrative oversight, you know, that you have this series of gifts and entertainment, you know, that were offered, obtained, accepted, uh, you know, over the course of several years, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and also through the charge indicating that, you know, that these uh, gifts and entertainment were very much received or obtained and accepted, you know, in Mr. Izwaran's capacity as either the chairman of the government's uh, F1 steering committee or later on, you know, as the advisor to the government's F1 steering committee. Um, you know, but we will get to know more about the, what sometimes people call it you know, the, the, the case theory, you know, mm. of the uh, prosecution. Looking at the 27th charge, I'm looking at the Business Times article. Um, it says that he paid for a return flight in an act to obstruct the course of justice. Now, coming from a law background, could you perhaps explain that? Well, the details are still somewhat passed, right? And, and, and the prosecution will obviously have to uh, provide, uh, you know, all the evidence, you know, but and to demonstrate that, you know, all the different elements of, uh, you know, the offence uh, under Section 204A, you know, of the Penal Court, you know, uh, have been met. Mm-hmm. But I would look at it, you know, that, that essentially the prosecution is saying that this payment in 2023, um, you know, was yes. for a business class ticket. Yeah, uh, it cost $5,700. Yes. It was a know, business class was, flight, you're right, to the Singapore mm-hmm. GP. That was used in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this this payment was in a way trying to, that was an attempt to say, no, this wasn't a gift. Uh, you know, ah, I paid I fair value, um, you know, for this uh, business class ticket, you know, so so there could be no uh, imputation, you know, but but I, I think prosecution has taken the view, uh, you know, that given the timing of the payment and taking place in May 23, that, you know, this was perhaps an attempt to, in the words of the charge, you know, to obstruct the course of justice, you know, to essentially say, well, you know, there should be no offence here because, you know, I paid fair value for the business class uh, air ticket. Could you tell us why we were not hearing anything about Ong Beng Singh? Yes, yeah, so so I think in the charges against, uh, you know, Mr. Iswaran, uh, you know, one other individual, you know, features very prominently, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's uh, Mr. Ong Beng Singh, you know, the, yep, the, the, right. the man who brought the F1 race to Singapore. And many of the charges were related to, you know, either him or his company giving or gives uh, an entertainment to, to Mr. Iswaran. Uh, I think it, it needs to be said that, you know, under our our corruption laws in Singapore, it is an offence uh, for both the giver and the receiver of a bribe, right? So, uh, but it's also not unusual, um, you know, for the prosecution to move against one individual, right? So in this case, uh, you know, the, the, the trend or rather the consistent policy uh, as we could tell from the previous corruption cases, uh, is that the public prosecutor more often than not, you know, proceeds first against the alleged receiver, uh, you know, of 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 a bribe. And I think here, when the accused person, you know, was a minister when when the alleged offences were committed, I think the Attorney General's chambers is signalling, you know, that there is strong public interest in ensuring that the case against Mr. Iswaran is dealt with swiftly 
uh, and resolutely. You know, so Mr. Ong is certainly you know not out of the woods. You know, and given mm. that he has not been charged yet, we can certainly expect that he would be a prosecution witness. Now, we don't know whether he'll be cooperative or not, and and, and whether his evidence you know will work in the prosecution favor and, and you know you know all that remains to be seen but i would say that you know mr ong is in many ways you know being in a rather unenviable position um you know but again you know he is innocent until proven otherwise he has not been charged you know so but i think in terms of moving against mr isuwaran only uh, that's not unusual um you know and mr ong is could subsequently uh, you know be charged if uh, mr isuwaran uh, were to be convicted um, you know, so it's not all of the words. All right, whether it's the giver or the receiver, this process, do you think we should be looking to tighten it? Well, I think, you know, the, the government is always reviewing our laws, you know, and, and certainly, uh, you know, we can expect the Prevention of Corruption Act, which is the main anti-corruption law in Singapore, you know, that it will be reviewed, you know, um, you know, to keep it up to date, you know, with the way corruption crimes have evolved. But I think, you know, in terms of, you know, the fundamentals, you know, they are sound in my view, you know, so mm. this whole idea of, you know, both the receiver and the giver, you know, having, would have committed an offence, uh, you know, if, if a bribe was given or obtained, mm. you know, so in a way it's trying to deal with both the supply and the demand side of of corruption, right? And we sometimes forget that, you know, within our anti-corruption laws, you know, there are presumption, right? So, so presumption that, you know, if, you know, that if you receive a gift as a public servant, mm-hmm. um, you know, there could be a negative uh, imputation for, for that particular uh, receipt of, uh, of, of the gift, um, you know? And, and I think all this is really trying to ensure that we have many different levers, um, you know, to deal with with corruption, so most of the charges against Mr. Iswaran um, do not come under uh, the Prevention of Corruption Act. You know, they they actually come under the Penal Code. You know, which has a part, um, you know, that deals with uh, offences by public servants. Um, but there is no doubt thing that that those particular offences uh, that Mr. Iswaran has been charged with, um, you know, that they do relate to uh, what would be considered as corruption, right? And it's about this idea of whose interests are you working for? Um, you know, as a public servant, you know, it is the natural expectation and demand, right, that, that you're working in the interest of the public, in the interest of, of, of the government. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, we, we can expect, you know, the, the Prevention of Corruption Act to be amended. I believe that process of reviewing is always taking place, right? And, and because... Many other jurisdictions have also, uh, you know, beefed up their, their anti-corruption laws. Um, you know, so, so there's a need to keep up with, with this particular type of crime, you know, that, that has a very insidious effect on uh, public trust and confidence in our institutions. You know, so, so I think it is in the interest to ensure that our corruption laws, you know, regardless of, of the, which legislation they're found in, that they are fit for purpose. How likely do you think this will become a long-drawn case? Well, I think, you know, the potential is is there, right? You know, simply because we are looking at, um, you know, 27 uh, charges, um, you know, and and there will be the evidence, you know, that, that the prosecution needs to tender and be accepted, uh, you know, by the court. And we can certainly expect, you know, the, the defence to mount, um, you know, a, a very strong defence, you know, challenging the evidence. And so I would say that, you know, it's really hard to determine 
how long the trial would take. You know, it all depends on, uh, you know, how rock solid the, the evidence that the prosecution has. As the trial proceeds, you know, we don't know whether Mr. Iswaran might change his position. And so it's really anyone's guess as to how long, um, you know, the, the trial would take. And, and even when the trial is concluded, we should also recognize, you know, that the prosecution or the defense could appeal, um, you know, against the, the conviction if there is one or acquittal. Uh, and if there's conviction, you know, the, the, the sentencing. Um, you know, so so this is a, a a case you know that that could drag out for some time to come. Okay, Eugene, the repercussions of events that have happened so far. How do you think that will affect the leadership transition, as well as the timeline for the general election? Well, I I don't see the the case now you know going to trial as having any significant impact uh, on the leadership uh, transition. Right, so. Uh, we know from uh, Prime Minister Lee's remarks at his party's uh, conference in November last year that we're looking at something towards the end of this year for Deputy Prime Minister uh, Lawrence Wong to to take over from uh, Mr. Lee, and 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 we must recognise that uh, those remarks were made, uh, you know, with the case already before the Corrupt Practices Investigation Bureau, right? You know, so so I think there is assessment that. You know, this is a, a case that's only confined, uh, you know, to Mr. S.S. Warren. You know, that no other ministers, particularly from the 4G team, you know, were involved in, in the matter. Um, so I, I think it does create reputational damage, um, you know, for the, the ruling party, right? Because mm-hmm. this is a party that has always prided itself in high standards of probity, good governance, incorruptibility. Uh, and so for one of their own, you know, particularly a cabinet minister, you know, to, to now be accused of, uh, you know, a series of charges relating to corruption, um, I, I think, you know, that's a body blow, right? Uh, you know, there is that reputational damage. And of course, this is not uh, one event that some will see in isolation, right? You know, they will look at some of the other controversies that the PAP government was embroiled in in 2023, you know, whether that related to the resignation of uh, two PAP MPs over an affair, um, as well as, um, you know, the ride-out road uh, leases of, of state bungalows, um, mm. you know. So it, it remains to be seen how, um, you know, voters will look at it. But I think voters will also consider you know, how the government responded, you know, to, to these grievous allegations, right? How, you know, things were not swept under the carpet, you know, there was no cover-up and voters will then have to uh, make their decision, you know, based on whether they see the system is robust enough, whether the PAP has kept to their high standards, um, you know. So I think, you know, in, in terms of, you know, how that could impact upon the, the timing of the elections, um, I think it's really anyone's guess, you know, in that the government has no control over when the trial is going to take place. You know, the defense will have to be given time to to prepare the defense. You know, that there will be pre-trial conferences. There, there, there could also be plea bargaining where, you know, the question of, you know, if I plead guilty to some charges, you know, would, would you strike off some others? You know, those sort of things. And, and of course, um, you know, Mr. Iswaran's lawyer, uh, Mr. Davinder Singh, you know, is a very much sought after senior counsel, you know, and, and so the question of whether his schedule, you know, would, would whether the court will accommodate, uh, you know, his schedule as well. Um, so, so I think that the, the ruling party is probably going to focus on matters that it can control. 
Um, you know, they, they have no say over when the trial will take place, you know, how quickly it should take place. And so I think, you know, they will use whatever time they have now to restore any lost uh, trust and confidence, uh, try to fine-tune their policies and uh, you know, such that they deliver the outcomes, you know, that will enable the party to bring a good report to Singaporeans uh, when election comes. And of course, you know, deal decisively, uh, you know, with good outcomes, you know, the the, the pain points, um, you know, whether it's cost of living, uh, job insecurity, uh, those sort of things, you know, deal with those issues, you know, um, because what has happened has happened, you know, and, and it's really now about trying to demonstrate that, you know, this is perhaps, you know, a case of one bad apple, you know. But I think it bears saying, you know, that Mr. Iswaran is innocent until proven otherwise. All right. Thank you very much, Eugene, for sharing your insights and viewpoints on this case with us. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Associate Professor of Law at the Singapore Management University and former nominated MP Eugene Tan. Viewpoint. 